and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. We are alive! We are, we are alive. <laughs> this week we're, uh, we're down to just two teams, which uh, means we're now just days away from the Super Bowl. We're, uh, we're going to be taking a look back at the Patriots and Eagles seasons, and uh, also making our predictions for the game as well. But uh, before we do that though, how, uh, how are you doing G? Did you, uh, did you enjoy the Pro Bowl? Um, am I allowed to admit that I've not really seen it? I mean, I saw yeah, a I little bit of highlights came up on one news thing, and it's just like if you like pass rush and tackling and defense, then seeing you know guys stand up and sort of hug each other, it does. It's a really strange game. I have seen the score and nothing else. I, I <laughs> yeah, don't care. Um, let's have a look at uh, some of the uh, some of the news items that have been uh, been ticking along over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we are uh, obviously a, a, a week or so behind, so uh, yeah, we've got a, a couple of weeks worth of, uh, of news items to go through. Uh, first of all, let's have a look at, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, we'll, we'll start on having a look at the uh, again the, uh, the 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 merry-go-round of, of coaches that uh, always happens at this uh, time of year. Uh, in Tennessee, the, uh, the Titans have just uh, signed their new head coach, Mike Vrabel, uh, former. Texans defensive coordinator, isn't he? Yeah, and um, probably most people know him from um, his years winning um, Super Bowls with the Patriots. It's yes. um, so only been a uh, defensive coordinator for a single year, so this is I don't. It's not quite the same as the um, as the hire of the Rams in terms of a young thirty-something um, offensive-minded head coach. But definitely, you know, it was definitely they decided that they liked this guy and they wanted to take a chance on him with limited uh, coordinator experience. Well, he was, he was playing as recently as 2010, so he's uh, yeah, he's, he's done all right to uh, to get himself a head coaching job within eight years. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's um, it's quite impressive, and and I think he got off to an interesting start when his first choice of both defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator turned him down. Yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, it was it was it's a funny one. They, they've they've sorted it now though, haven't they? Yes, uh, he's got Dean Pease, who was the um, defensive coordinator for the Ravens, who retired. And apparently, I've only seen the headline of this. Missed, kept missing football more and more, and so unretired. Ah, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, a few, a few do tend to do that, don't they? Yeah, and Matt Lafleur has come across from the Rams, um, having spent the season as defensive coordinator. So um, I'll be interested to see if he's able to run the kind of college concepts and, mm. and stuff that Vrabel was talking about wanting to use with uh, with Marcus Mariota. Uh, Pat Schumer has gone to, uh, to the New York Giants as well, hasn't he? It was one that we were talking about a few weeks ago. It was looking like it uh, was probably going to happen, but he is now their head coach. Yeah, and I've not seen anything about his highs yet. Uh, it's, it's slightly funny. I mean, I do sometimes wonder if we should just hold off and, and say nobody's allowed to change coaching staffs until the uh, you know, like after the Super Bowl. Because yeah. you've got this weird... You've got this rush to fire coaches so everybody can leap into action at the start of the season, which kind of hinders those coaches who are on the best teams because mm. I mean we're all pretty certain that um, um, at least one if not both coordinators are leaving the Patriots after the Super Bowl but they can't announce it and then they'll have to make a staff which they can't really do until they've left and so mm. they're behind the teams who started straight away and it just seems a bit odd that we do it this way around given the fact that the NFL wants to be a year-round sport and they've extended all the lead up to the Pro Bowl I, would it really hurt them that much to put it that much later and, and build into the draft I, I'm not a front office expert so I, I guess they would say well hang on a minute we need to get prepared for the draft etc but the draft has gone back you know quite a, quite a way already now so mm. it just feels like that there might be room in the schedule to, to maybe make it slightly less compressed sort of after the season yeah, well, well uh, Pat, Pat Shermer's uh, first first hire. You, you mentioned you hadn't you hadn't heard them. The first one was uh, James Me- uh, James Abetcher, sorry, uh, uh, defensive coordinator, former former Cardinals. Ooh, interesting. Um, 
Yeah, because obviously the Cardinals have got a new um, head coach. So, I mean, the Cardinals were pretty good last season. This season, it's not on defense at least. It's not a name I'm massively familiar with. No. If you see what I mean, but it, 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 as ever with these sort of hires, you don't really know until you get into the meat of the season and how things shape up. And a lot of that could be determined by the tone that's set by the head coach and how he empowers his coordinators. Exactly, yeah. Um, moving away from the coaching side of things, Jarrett McKinnon, uh, the Vikings running back, had a, has had a good season this year. He's, uh, he's, he said he, he quite fancies a change. He said he wants better things, is his exact words. Uh, does he believe in the Vikings curse? Maybe well, him and Zimmer do. don't get on. I don't know. I mean, it's a strange one because the Vikings had a really good season. So mm. um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, regards for the conference championship, better things, what, you want to go to the Patriots? I mean, I'm sure a lot of players do. The only, yeah, only, it only seems a strange quote and approach. It is. It's like you say. I think other than going to the Patriots, I, I don't know what he's uh, what more he's going to do. I can't see Vikings having a bad season again next year. So yeah, it's going to be. It's a. It's a. It's a very funny thing for him to come out and say. It really is. And also, Mike Zimmer is one of those coaches that I would not want to cross. No, no, you definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, good. Good point. Uh, well, uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago as well. John Gruden has uh, has gone back to uh, to, to Oakland to, uh, to, to, coach, to as head coach of the Raiders. Derek Carr obviously uh, was was made. Uh, the, the the biggest play, uh, pay player in the in the league uh, in last summer didn't do quite probably didn't live, really live up to the uh, to the expectation this year he's he's come out and said he wants to uh, to to fix his problems and win championships uh, to, to John Gruden well I mean the thing is that Gruden is fairly famously hard on quarterbacks so um, I think he was going to be pretty hard on Carl whether he bit wanted to or brown, not but though, I, I, I'm sure that um, in in terms of you know setting a tone for the team that this is what Gruden would have wanted to hear and I think it's just the guy showing commitment to um, turning things around and yeah it was a bad season but how much of that was Carr and how much of that was the um, a for changing defensive coordinator but also mm. I, he was never quite right ever since he had those fractured transverse process uh, bits in his back which you know if you've got fractures in your back I think that's going to affect you for a while mentally as much as anything else because I don't suppose it stops hurting because he's still getting hit and, and playing football is a tough sport and I, I would imagine that might, they might still be nagging him yeah I, I think you're probably right well uh, um, it wasn't it wasn't long ago that we were mentioning uh, Le'Veon Bell and, and his, his obviously his deals up with the uh, with the Steelers they were potentially looking to, to franchise tag him again this year and he had said that he, he was potentially just going to sit the year out if that was if that was the case he's now saying he's actually quite confident of a new multi-year deal with the Steelers that's got to be good for, for both sides hasn't it You'd imagine so, although he's giving up a little bit of his leverage by by saying that out out yeah. just sort of out in the open. So I do wonder what his uh, his agent would say about that. But absolutely, you know, I think for Steelers fans, yeah, they they'll be hopeful. And given that how well they went, and if they can just sort of sort out the centre of their def- defense mm. next season, you'd imagine they'd still be competitive. You, you probably want to hang around in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, you'd think if he's saying that, he's probably the, the deal's probably there or thereabouts. Like you say, we would want to give up one of his uh, one of his bargaining bargaining chips by uh, by coming out and saying that in public, would he? Not really. <laughs> not uh, not not ideally, anyway. Um, finally, last last thing from me, last uh, thing that's uh, that's caught my eye before we uh, we move on. Uh, Tom Brady, um, he's he's uh, obviously heading into uh, into into the Super Bowl this week again. Um, he he had an interview on a, on a radio show this week, and he he cut he cut it off early because apparently the uh, the the host called his his five year old daughter an annoying little pissant. Yeah, this is actually it wasn't actually the guys that he usually speaks to; it's somebody else on that radio on station. That station. But, yeah, but it was somebody doing a re- review of his. Um, he's doing a documentary, sort of Brady against Time or Tom against Time, uh, uh, just documenting basically a season. And I think it's basically a sales pitch 
through his mm. TB12 method. And yeah, uh, I mean, that's just, just no call for that kind of language about no. a five-year-old. That's just, you know, um, that's somebody shot-jocking for shot-jocking purposes. And um, I, I think he handled it with a surprising amount of class. I could imagine somebody reacting much more strongly if they came after their, their five-year-old. Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if he wasn't quite so uh, so in the public eye, he probably wouldn't have been quite so uh, pleasant about this, about the whole situation, I wouldn't imagine. So I've got one more thing to to cover. Assuming Go for it. we're building up to the Super Bowl, and I don't know if we're going to talk about you know the press conference and stuff because it's a little bit early although we've had the opening. But I'm actually looking on the NFL.com website at the news home, and there's a picture of a smiling Bill Belichick. I'm really unnerved. Hang, hang on, a, a smiling Bill Belichick. It's un- it, yes, no, I promise you, it's there. It doesn't look naturally, it has to be said. It's, un- it's under the news title of Up Close and Kind of Personal with Bill Belichick. I think maybe he might be opening up in the um, press conferences a little more ahead of the Super Bowl. I think it must be wind. Uh, it, bearing in <laughs> mind that it is a blue-red moon tonight, so we've got a, a, a super moon that's um, two in the same month, and it's a solar eclipse, and that's obviously having a weird effect on him. That must be it. Can't be anything else. Right, so before we do our usual Super Bowl preview, uh, because Jim missed last week's podcast, I gave him the uh, the choice of punishments: either doing the, uh, the watch the Pro Bowl and review that in uh, in, in in great detail, uh, or do a uh, a solo conference championship roundup. So, uh, unsurprisingly, he chose the conference championship. So, we'll take a look at the uh, the Vikings and the Eagles, but first of all, the Jaguars and the Patriots. So the first of the conference championship games was the AFC game, which saw the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New England Patriots in New England. And this was very much the more competitive of the two games. It started off uh, with the Patriots moving the ball and kicking a field goal. And then, to everybody's surprise perhaps, the Patriots came out and really struggled to contain the Jaguars to an extent. And the Jaguars were able to get take a lead at the start of the second quarter, and they didn't give it up until nearly the end of the fourth. For a lot of this game, the um, Jaguars' defense was able to contain the Patriots' offense. Uh, they were obviously always going to struggle once um, Rob Gronkowski went out with a concussion. But um, it stretched further than that. They weren't able to get the running game going, and they were sort of feeding on scraps but hanging in there. The Patriots' defense, on the other hand, were um, standing up fairly well to the, to the Jaguars' offense, but were struggling to contain... Um, not so much the in-between tackles game of Leonard Fournette, which has done served the Jaguars so well during the season, but sort of the attacking of the edges, the play action, which worked a couple of times, and a couple of big plays um, at the peripheries of the defense enabled the Jaguars to um, not only do well, but go 14-3 up at one point. Now, unfortunately, uh, what a lot of the talk has been after the game has been about the fourth quarter play calling, and having had the advantage of not only watching this game, but actually all done the coaching tape this week, I can also look at the fact that towards the end of the second half the first instance of the Jaguars coming out in shotgun and running on first and second down reared its head and the Patriots spent most of the game with one high safety and um, eight men in the box you know looking to stop the run and this is after all the Jaguars are a run first team and the Patriots spent a lot of time doing that and successfully stopping that and so when you just are being conservative and running the ball but also not running down the play clock so you're not eating as much time as you can and you're putting your quarterback who doesn't necessarily thrive in third and long situations into difficult situations it's not necessarily a great game plan and okay the um, Jaguars didn't give up the lead towards the end of the second half but they ran a 
and less than successful drive the Patriots then went and scored a touchdown and brought it back to four and then with 50 seconds left the Jaguars nailed and this is the first sign that maybe things might not be going their way because you know the Patriots are so good at situational football and you have to take advantage of this and unfortunately the Jaguars didn't and even though they had the ball um, straight after the second half and were able to take it down and kick a field goal it still feels like that 50 seconds was a missed opportunity and that sort of summed up the second half in that the Jaguars were able to t- do sustained two good drives I mean the, the opening drive uh, took it at their own 25 when it got a field goal um, and later on in the third quarter and then and into the earlier fourth they again got the ball this time at their own nine yard line and was able to drive and get a field goal and get to 20 points the problem for them is that Tom Brady is Tom Brady and he started to find ways the Patriots never panicked they kept punting the ball they didn't um they didn't look desperate. They brought out the gadget plays when they needed them. Uh, and it was just a question of the Patriots just squeezing. And it wasn't like spectacular. It was like that just crushing that Jaguars offense. It was sort of limiting itself, doing enough on offense to eke their way into it. And lo and behold, uh, James Harrison, you know, he, ex of um, Steelers, uh, comes across and we said, oh, wouldn't it be surprised if he got a sack? He got a sack at the end of the game. He made a couple of good plays. Okay, the Jaguars had an injury in the offensive line, which helped him a bit. But, you know, he popped up and it was just the Patriots were just that most Patriots of selves where they, they just managed to find a way. And once again, we have the Patriots in the Super Bowl. This is their eighth trip in something like 16 seasons so yeah Tom Brady goes every other year uh I'm not sure he'll win this one more on that when I get the chance to speak to Dan but let's face it the um probably the discussion about the greatest quarterback of all time is if not over then at least you're never ever gonna get um laughed at for suggesting that Tom Brady is he Bill Belichick just does um keeps doing Bill Belichick things and the Jaguars show a lot of promise but I felt like there was some really good stuff Blake Portals actually played well there were one or two throws he did miss and when it really counted he couldn't sort of get the Jaguars over the hump but I think some of that is play design and it was weird that the nice passes he he made some of which on third down some of which uh, were just you know in in the intermediate area in the middle of the of field just vanished because they weren't running no pl- those plays and if you're calling um um, run plays where Fournette runs into the middle of the um, defense and only gets a few yards. Well, you can't put down Blake Bortles. The Jaguars will definitely be back next season, but what they do at quarterback remains to be seen. But I have to say that I thought that Bortles had shown an improvement for facing um, playoff pressure, and who knows, he might um, take a step forward next season. Truth, the true question, though, is whether he will get that chance. So, if the Patriots won 24-20, the next game was very much less competitive. And it was sort of surprising because things looked really good for the first three drives for the Vikings. They received the ball, they marched the ball down and scored a touchdown, they then stopped the Eagles, they got the ball back, things seemed to be going away, and then things went wrong. Uh, Chris Long managed to disrupt uh, Case Keenum's uh, uh, throwing motion enough for an interception uh, to, to occur just because the ball didn't reach there. And from then on in, the Eagles surged and the Vikings basically fell apart. And a game that started um, 7-0 to the Vikings ended 38-7 to the Eagles. And oh boy, it was a strange tale of two games in uh, um, for the Vikings. They sort of had two critical failings that 
sort of happened at the same time. Uh, the fact that the Eagles' really deep defensive line was able to generate a massive pass rush was perhaps not that surprising. And this really did cripple their offense despite their really good running backs they or, or despite their excellent pair of receivers and their running backs couldn't get enough going. But what was really, really, you know, not something I was expecting was for the defense to struggle. Now, Doug Peterson has done an amazing job with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles all year. I just wasn't expecting a Nick Foles look as good as he did because he's not really shown the evidence of that in terms of how he's played this season. We know he's succeeded in the past under Chip Kelly for that phenomenal year, but that looked like a high watermark. But suddenly, the step he took from beating the Falcons to um, the way he played against the uh, Vikings was remarkable. And the defence, you expected to stand up for the Vikings and... I mean, we saw possibly a little bit foreshadowing of this in that Andrew Sandejo went out um, in the previous week and just couldn't, you know, the Vikings didn't look as good on defense. And this just looked really, really bad this week. Uh, It was that combined with Xavier Rhodes repeatedly getting beaten was just something that the Vikings couldn't overcome. And it was sort of like the worst nightmare come to life for the Vikings because they've so often been the victim of this kind of game. And last week we thought, oh, maybe things are turning around. Maybe there are a team of destiny. That miracle play against the Saints, you know, this has been a really well-balanced team all year. And then suddenly the defense, which is what you would expect the Vikings to be able to absolutely hang their hat on, faltered. And the offense, which I think there were probably people still questioning whether Case Keenan was going to be able to do it, um, just had picked the wrong day to um, struggle on the offensive line and just could not get going anything against this Eagles defense. Now, I've talked a lot about the Vikings. Oh boy, this could be an interesting Super Bowl because the Philadelphia Eagles have a very good roster and I think I was guilty, as a lot of people were, of sitting there going, well, they've lost Carson Wentz, they've been extraordinary on third down, but you know, so much of that has, has to do with when sort of standing in the pocket and making big throws. And the interesting thing is that in this game, they overcame what was actually an historically good third uh, down defense in the Vikings. And it's to do with play designs, to do with finding the right things for um, Nick Foles to, to do. It's to do with the fact that um, their GM, Harry Roseman, has done an incredible job because he's built a roster to compete in basically a season. But not only that, that he's not settled. So they were an okay running team they had Carson Wentz and they still went out and signed JJ and that kind of ability to be deep at a lot of positions enabled them in this game to do what they needed uh, you saw uh, that a chance for Olshon Jeffries to just um, make an incredible long long catch and he wasn't the most spectacular of games um, overall or seasons for him overall but he suddenly showed up in a big moment and that was sort of a kind of key thing is that key players key free agent acquisitions be it Jeff be it Chris Long, um, stood up alongside players like Fletcher Cox, who um, had already a well-established reputation for the Eagles and played really, really well. And it's just, it was a strange game, and I'm looking forward to going through the coaching tape of the Eagles and finding out just um, how they put that offense together because I really wasn't expecting it but it's shaping up to be a really good Super Bowl and um, I'm sure that Dan and I will be looking at it in great detail at any moment. I read good. The ball is loose. It's a fumble. 
Right, back to normality. We're, uh, we're, we're, it's time we uh, have a look at what G's been writing about on the blog over the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks worth of, uh, of, of bits to look at. So, uh, alongside you, you uh, obviously you've, you've been doing uh, the previews of, of the games, but you've also been uh, been saying goodbye to, to the four teams that went out uh, in Divisional Week and also the uh, the conferences as well. Um, which of them do you think has, has really got a, uh, the best chance of, of bouncing back and going uh, furthest next year? I kind of fancy the Saints as long as um, they can get Drew Brees re-signed, which I'm pretty confident given how interlinked he is with the community down there. I yeah. think they'd be my call for it. The Vikings I'm a little bit worried about just because of the change of coordination and the questions at quarterback. Um, the Jaguars I do kind of fancy as well, but it kind of depends on what happens with them at quarterback. And I'll be talking about that a little bit more on the blog coming up because um, there's an extended bit about the offense that's dropping, well, should have dropped by the time you're hearing this in the yeah. next day or so that's it you've, uh, you, you, you're going to look you sold me at the uh, the Jags offense coaching, coaching tape right? yeah and I've been through that it's pretty much written up so I just need to go through and, and do my second pass draft check and then that'll be up um, the only thing I didn't include on that was actually my favourite one of my favourite um, defensive plays by the Patriots in that game which is wonderful when their safety number 25 follows a player which usually indicates man coverage so he yes, follows him yeah. f- 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 the Jaguars player across the, across the field as if he's going to cover him man to man and then blitzes and completely breaks up the play for um a bit for Bortles because nobody picks him up because I nice. think they're expected to drop in hand co- into man coverage and it was just I just loved that little bit of defence I thought it was a great <laughs> wrinkle brilliant well uh, I look forward to uh, to reading that when that's up in a, uh, in a day or so but obviously we'll be we'll be up by the time you're uh, you're hearing this so uh, yeah for all that and more and obviously that uh, that piece on the Jags offence uh, make sure you check out the uh, the blog it's at thewrongfootball.com and I'm hoping to do the Eagles offence before the Super Bowl hits as well perfect are you ready for some football Okay, well, it's uh, it's the penultimate extra point for G before we uh, start looking at our uh, our Super Bowl preview. It's uh, yeah, we've got we've got two questions this uh, this week for you from uh, from from my dad. Uh, first one then, G. Which yes. team has the most retired jersey numbers? And for a bonus point, how many? Oh wow, I can think of two or three, and I'm gonna go. With for Green Bay Packers because they're one of the oldest teams right up there with the Bears. I'm gonna say six. Gone for the wrong one. Oh no! It's the Chicago, Chicago. Bears. Oh no, man! And it was fourteen. Blimey! They're gonna, they're gonna run out of numbers. Yeah, they, they really are. The thing <laughs> so, I'm happy about with this with this with this whole little bit is that even when I'm wrong, I'm you're usually, not far off. Yeah, the logic's right, even if I've not got the right team. But that ah. Uh, that's a that's another good one from your dad. <laughs> well, you have heard more. from him. He's okay, right? Yeah, I yeah. Was wo- I was probably he, worried when I saw the result. Yeah, he was. I think the word he used the day after the uh, the Vikings game was devastated. Uh, but on the plus side, it meant that he did, he didn't have to. Uh, he wasn't. He isn't going to take a day off uh, off off his, his holiday for this after the Super Bowl. So, well, I, I have a sort of standing pre warning. It's not going to be a problem because the Bengals are never going to make it again. But I do have a kind of like Rachel. I might just disappear for the Super Bowl if the Bengals make it. Sort yes, of like yeah. not so much an agreement as just a warning. Yeah, and that's fair enough. That's uh, that sounds that sounds absolutely fair. Well, the second question we've got for you this week. Um, it, it involves the Pro Bowl, which is, as we know and have oh discussed, your favourite game of uh, of the <laughs> year. Um, who is the and this is? I'm not going to say. Who was the only team to send twelve players to the Pro Bowl to the Pro Bowl and what year? I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys from like '94 when they were really good. Really? What? 
Do you want to have another go? I thought this was really. I thought this was really easy. I don't pay enough attention to the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh, what the Patriots this year? <laughs> no, it was the seventy-three Miami Dolphins. Oh, that was Bob, the um, unbeaten season, wasn't it? It, it was Bob Greasy. Uh, that makes La- total Larry sense. Sonka, that, Jim oh, that makes so much sense now you say it. I thought this was. I thought that was really easy. I thought that was nailed on. You were going to get that one. Uh, you know why though? It's why? just as a Dolphins fan, that whole team is like writ large in your memory. Yeah, probably a good point. It, it, it's like if you're a Bears fan, that '85 team. You know absolutely everything about it. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those ones where I can't believe I didn't think of it. But I was trying <laughs> to go for because the Pro Bowl is like a popularity contest. You're, you're going for like a good team. Yeah. Who are, who are like one of the big teams? But I mean, you know, that's one of the greatest teams ever, just because you know they're the only team to go unbeaten. So yeah, that makes absolute logical sense. Which usually with Pro Bowl, <laughs> Bowl voting, it doesn't. No, that's it. Well, let's have a uh, let's do our uh, our preview then for the uh, for for the Super Bowl uh, this year. As we've mentioned, it's the uh, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles, two teams that finished the uh, the regular seasons at thirteen and three. Let's first of all have a look at the AFC side and the New England Patriots. This is well, it's crazy how many how getting many boring. They get. Yeah, it really is. It's 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 about time they let somebody else have a go, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Brady and Belichick have basically been every other year. Um, it is crazy consistent. Uh, it's like, you know, I mean, obviously, they sort of feed into each other. Brady is an amazing quarterback. Belichick is a hell of a coach. Uh, and they just, year in, year out, with a roster that doesn't shout Super Bowl when you look at it, they have some key players, but it's not like the roster screams, oh, yeah, this is the best team in the league. league. No. But equally, before the season, they're so good that, you know, despite that roster, despite the wrong word, it's, it's a well selective roster but it's full of college captains rather than sort of like college superstars yeah. and you know it was always ridiculous to say oh they're going to go unbeaten and that didn't last the opening game against the Kansas City Chiefs but the defense came around the defense is actually kind of interesting because it finished ranked 31st or 32nd by um, DVOA I'm pretty sure it was last in, last in the league which is yeah. you know a lot to do with Matt Yazakiva but they only um, were they were ranked fifth in points allowed, and that is sort of a key stat, and that's very much the Patriots' way on defense of Ben Don't Break. And then Tom Brady is defying age as much as probably humanly possible. I'm not well, sure he'll he make is. it to 45, but you yeah. know what really wasn't much of a drop off this season, was it? No, but he is he is going into this one as well. He's probable. He's, he's got a bit of a hand injury. He's, he's had some stitches taken out of it, which were in. Um, I think they were in during the during the last game, yeah, but apparently he played, he, he played. Yeah, that bit of tape was covering the stitches that were yeah. in for the last game. But it's it's apparently not where he wants it to be by this point. Yeah, I mean, I think he just you know like it more healed. Um, it was an unfortunate training incident, but it's one of those things where um, I do wonder, given that he played with it sort of like uh, with a tiny bit of tape, and and it was like twelve stitches, so there was definitely a cut there. But I do it wonder. Was, yeah whether there was actually any doubt about him playing or whether um, Belichick was doing a bit of mind games going in against the Jaguars. Uh, you, you're probably right. There's probably uh, an element of that. There usually tends to be when, uh, when that kind of thing uh, happens. But it's I mean, it's, it's been good to see. I mean, they're, they're always there or thereabouts, the Patriots, as we've said. They absolutely always are. They, they had a bit of a rocky start. They lost two out of their first four. But then in their last... In their last how many, I can't even count how many games it is. They only lost one out of uh, for, after after week four. This is me frantically counting. <laughs> so yeah, the last twelve games it was That's right. 
it was kind of kind of incredible. And yeah, they started off, and Kansas City Chiefs, in fairness, rocked out to like a five zero. Um, yeah, they did. They started very well, just very strongly. It looked like they were going to be the team to beat all season, then fell away. The the Patriots did what sort of the Patriots do. They often start slowly. The defense was really struggling, I think, just because the secondary couldn't get its organization sorted. Mm. And then um, the the defense sort of firmed up, and the offense just continued to be really good all year. That's it. Absolutely. It's, and it's a, it's always a it's always it's always good to see a team kind of overcome that when they, when they especially when they stumble a little bit at the at the beginning, even though it is the Patriots. It's always not. It's always good to see a, a team kind of hit their stride again, isn't it? I think over the last few years, because of the age of Brady, we've had like sort of like this is the end of a dynasty mm, multiple yeah, yeah. times when they've had a bit of a blip. And I think we just need to be careful because it always seems that even if there is a blip in September, October, come November, December, they'll be rounding into form and being dangerous again. And it does have to end at some point. But I'm not sure I'm ready to bet against Brady doing it next year. Absolutely not. I, we've said this multiple times in the picks. I will believe that Brady is done when I. See see him actually be done yeah i would believe he's, he's, he's done when he's in a coffin <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anyone anyone in particular that uh, people should be looking out for if they're going to win the uh, the super bowl this week who, who's going to be uh, who's going to be uh, needing to, to pull out their best game this week um i it varies a little bit i think obviously um rob gronkowski whether he comes back from the concussion and how well he plays is a big factor in this um offense particularly with julian edelman being out all season with, yeah. with his injury that said danny amandola seems to just exist solely to um make incredible plays in the playoffs and they seem very carefully sort of nursed him through the season so that he's fit and he was a huge part of their win last week um and then the defense uh the defense is kind of not exactly under underplayed but um chung is a really amazing safety and allows them to be as flexible as they are um, i didn't study the defense and actually their defense is one of those harder ones to study because they use a lot of different personnel packages and they sub in lots of different um defensive backs depending on what they're doing and that kind of thing is really hard to do on coaching tape without spending a lot of time because you know when you see the um all 22 which you need particularly for DBs, it's not always terribly easy to see which receiver is until you sort of like watch each play and reverse and back right. and reverse and back to identify the number. But, you know, so it's it's that, if anything sums up the sort of Patriots more than some of its parts, is that defense where there are not a lot of um, sort of like star names or a few that we know, but, you know, when it comes together, it comes together incredibly effectively. Absolutely. Well, they were rare. They had their buy in uh, in, in the in wild card week. They beat the Tennessee Titans thirty five fourteen in uh, in divisional week, and then like last, like you've uh, you said earlier, last week's game uh, was the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who they beat twenty four points to twenty uh, to reach the big one. So uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's the AFC side covered. I think. Um, let's have a look at the NFC. So uh, NFC was uh, it was the Philadelphia Eagles who are going to the uh, to, to the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if I'm right in thinking this is the first year in a little while that the, both top seeds have got through to the Super Bowl. It feels like it is. That's a that's one of those ones that I just have no idea without going back and doing some research. But no, it, it feels like there's always somebody there who's 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 an to, upset through. yeah yeah and it it's kind of feels like it it has been a little bit with the eagles even though they were the number one seed because obviously they lost uh um carson wentz their starting quarterback and so yeah. i'm not sure anybody was expecting them to roll through the games as they did and, and make the super bowl but they definitely um disproved expectations and did so in quite some style last week against the poor vikings Absolutely. Well, they lost. They they almost had the had the opposite season to uh, to the Patriots. In the, well, not opposite season, but they had their uh, their blip at the opposite end, I suppose. And uh, they they lost one out of their first eleven games, and then and then two out of the last five. So 
it's it's it kind of that kind of does link to the to the whole Carson Wentz timing, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. If you uh, the um, point scored and the fact that you know when they're playing against the Cowboys, they had their third string quarterback out there mm. for most of the game. But yeah, the uh, everything sort of changed when um, Wentz down, went down against the Rams, and obviously they just lost to the Seahawks, and that was kind of an incredible game. And the Seahawks proving that even though there was a lot of injuries, you know they were you know such a competitive and championship team for 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 a reason for a number of years. But um, they got the Rams, but lost Wentz um, for the season with that ACL injury when he when he scored the touchdown and they sort of yeah did it ugly um and nick Foles sort of developed as pedersen got better and better at yeah. developing the offensive game plan around him see nick Foles is a funny one because he's he, he could go and win the super bowl this year and then he'll, he'll be back on the bench next year when carson wentz is back yeah and i don't know if i hold on to him because i'm not sure if the timeline of, of the injury or whether they might because bearing in mind that this is a team who um dealt sam bradford to the um vikings yeah, to the Vikings, but also made a number of other trades. So, you know, since Harry Roseman has come back to the Eagles, I mean, he's basically turned this roster over in a, in a year and made it to the Super Bowl. Which is, you know, if he doesn't win GM of the year, I'm, I'm not sure what's going no, on. Absolutely. I mean, on, on the running on the running side of things, if you look at the people like the Garrett Blount, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does against his former team uh, this, this week. Obviously, a former Patriot uh, lead running back for uh, for, the, for the Eagles this year. Blount, um, yeah, has been kind of steady all season uh, and and run uh, sort of between the tackles and ground the hard yards. And then, despite having Carson Wentz and everything flying, they decided to bolster the running backs and bring in JJ to add like yeah. a bit of pace, extra extra pace, and attack the edges a bit more. And it's sort of been an incredible running uh, attack which they've needed once Wentz went down because that gives Nick Foles something to work on, particularly with the sort of run pass options and the uh, um, play action. But he so needs to be effective. Mm. Well, barring a couple of games, their defence haven't really given up a huge amount of points all season, have they? No, and that is very much built around a fearsome pass rush on a deep uh, defensive line. So they mm. don't wear down because sort of their their second string sort of players play a lot and are, are as good as a lot of teams first. And so they have to an extent the formula that might get at the Patriots if they can get um, the kind of pass rush that they did against the Vikings which would be doubtful because the Vikings you know, offensive line sort of had problems at the worst possible time and Dante Skarnakia the yeah. offensive line coach of the Patriots is like one of the best line coaches in the league so that will be one of the matchups of the game I suspect that's it well same question about the uh, the, the, the uh, Eagles as we asked about the uh, the, the Patriots What's who, who, who do you think uh, needs to, to have a, a, a good game in order to uh, for them really to, uh, to, win the, to win the Super Bowl I'm going to pick out a couple I think a lot is going to rest on Nick Foles yep just because obviously quarterback and, and that offense needs to needs to really flow. I think Fletcher Cox is likely to be terrifying um, on defense and needs to be uh, pressure up the middle is one of the few things that seems to bother over Brady and Fletcher Cox is more than capable. He may not be quite Aaron Donald because no one is, but he's right up there with your Geno Atkins and your other great interior pass rushes. And then the other one I'm picking, and they do say American football is a coach's game, is Doug Peterson and his offensive staff because they will need to put up a similar kind of effective game plan to deal with the Patriots defense which bends and frustrates teams and doesn't so much suffocate them like quickly and aggressively but sort of like a boa constrictor just tightens and tightens and tightens as they play good situational football and funnily enough suddenly the Patriots are winning close games again that's it well uh, it's that time it's that I'm gonna I'm gonna make you do it are you gonna make me pick I'm going to make you pick. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Am I allowed points? <laughs> Are you allowed points? 
Well, go on then. Yeah, go for well, it. Well, here's if... the thing. I'm, I keep hearing Eagles are, are getting five points. That feels to me like a good bet. I can see the Eagles winning. You want me to make a decision, and I really don't yeah, I do. want to. Get off the fence. I can't bet against Brady and Belichick, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles did win. But I, I think you know, if you're going to force me to it, I'll say I'll stick with the Patriots. I I I think I'm in exactly the same position as you. To be perfectly honest, I think I think it probably will be the Patriots. I I would like it to be the Eagles because of the uh, because obviously it's not the Patriots. Um, <laughs> it's I mean this I, I'm not a big fan of the Eagles either. To be to be fair, it's like I was, someone at work said to me this, this this week. Who are you who are you going for for the uh, who are you picking who you, who's who's your favourite for the uh, for the Super Bowl? I said well it's it's like being asked well what would you what would you rather a kick in the shin or a poke in the eye? I'm not I'd, I'd rather neither. But given who we've got. I'd like the Philadelphia Eagles to do it. See, one of the podcasts I listen to is based out of the Philadelphia Eagles because they've got a really good um, scouting guy who does a couple of really interesting podcasts and a lot of interesting break- film breakdown, uh, a guy called Fran Duffy. So I'm quite, you know, I, I, I'm okay with the Eagles winning, but mm. I just think the Patriots have a little bit, with that experience and the fact that they've been here and they know how to deal with all the nonsense that surrounds the Super Bowl and the extra long halftime with the show and, yeah. and all that stuff, I, I just feel like the Patriots are going to do that Patriot thing again. But the Eagles absolutely have the formula to, to beat them. It's whether they can execute it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and maybe even a review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. It really does help us to get into as many ears as we possibly can. This time next week, it's all going to be over. We're going to know whether the Philadelphia Eagles or the New England Patriots have won the big one, and we'll be here to discuss the fallout. And uh, yeah, let's let's hope it's uh, it's as exciting as last year's game was. That'd be nice. It would, <laughs> and, and I'm I'm less ill. Uh, in the meantime. <laughs> Make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to tdrfpodcast at outlook.com or find another G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at tdrfdan. Wherever you're watching the Super Bowl, have a great time. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. It's the Super Bowl, Dan! (laughs) 